0: Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked
1: for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Ruby Frankie was known by millions as a very tough mom. That's exactly the way she wanted it the social media star amassed a huge following of supporters and detractors alike, preaching the values of strict discipline. But you'll learn in a new podcast available exclusively on Wondery Plus how the small empire built by this momfluencer crumbled the moment her 12-year-old son escaped their home and called 911. Wondery and Law and & Crime bring you the new podcast, The Rise and Fall of Ruby Frankie, which explores the allegations of starvation, torture,
2: Since it first started tumbling into Ireland through the old pirate coves of West Cork and in the stomachs of drug mules coming from Miami, cocaine has become the drug of our nation. It has swept in like a blizzard, dusting every corner of every small town. And so swift and total has its spread been that the Irish are now some of the biggest users in the world. But to unravel how a small island like ours on the edge of Europe ended up such a big player in the major cocaine leagues. We must follow the white supply lines back to the beginning. We must follow the routes it has taken as it travels across the globe. And most importantly, we need to follow the cowboys who put us on the map. So join me, Nicola Talent, for my new live show, Cocaine Cowboys, the story of Ireland's love affair with Colombia's biggest export, Limited tickets now available for February 10th at the Lime Tree Theatre in Limerick February 15th in Cork's Everyman and at Dublin's Three Olympia on Sunday February 18th Tickets available at venues are on mcd.ie
0: Anthony Terry in 2006 was a taxi driver in Limerick and he was caught with 40 grand's worth of cannabis and he got a six year sentence and he was more or less pleading that he was under a serious threat and he was made to work on behalf of these nefarious individuals who are somewhere in the background and threatened to rape his wife and attack his family. The power of corruption of the narco money, of the cocaine money, is is not something to be taken lightly.
2: I'm Nicola Tallent, and you're listening to Crime World, a podcast about criminals, drugs, and the sins of the underworld, in Ireland and across the globe. A criminal on the run since 2006 has been landed a hefty jail term after he was discovered on an EncroChat investigation transporting drugs for underworld drug mobs, including the notorious McCarthys from Limerick. Anthony Terry escaped a jail term at Limerick Prison after claiming he was terrified by drugs mobs into moving narcotics because of threats to his family at the height of the Limerick feuds. However, UK police discovered him running a transport operation moving cocaine and cannabis across Europe and into Ireland from his Midlands base after they hacked his phones and found his links to Thomas Bomber Kavanagh. Today, I'm talking with Eamon Dillon about Terry and the career criminal locked up for a massive 25 years. This is Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com. The first person before the courts on an encro chat case, uh, was an Irish guy, a, a hollier called Thomas Marr. Um, we've spoken about him on the podcast a number of times and we had quite a lot of detail in Sunday World uh, newspaper and on sundayworld.com in relation to him. But it was interesting that, you know, it was an Irish guy and that he was a holier. Like, I mean, this was somebody who was working for anybody, but the transport of drugs is obviously so significant. It's one of the most important parts of the trade, Uh, the transport routes, you know, the trusted transporter, etc. But in the last few weeks, another Irish guy has been caught doing exactly the same thing. And again on EncroChat, a guy called Anthony Terry, who was maybe long forgotten here in Ireland after since 2006, when he went sort of on the run.
0: Yeah, I think he, he was certainly hoping he was forgotten. Uh, so Anthony Terry in 2006, as you mentioned, was a taxi driver in Limerick, um, and he was caught with 40 grams worth of cannabis. And he got a six-year sentence Um I think there was details there of the, the of the court case where he was pretty much he was kind of more or less pleading that he was under a serious threat and he was made to work on behalf of these nefarious individuals who were somewhere in the background and threatened to rape his wife and attack his family. And,
2: 2006, you know, of course, was a time in, in Limerick which was very Yeah, it would have been at the height of all
0: yeah. that and there would have been some extremely violent characters. As we know, the, the three Dundon brothers who are serving life sentences being chief among them, and there was a genuine fear, I'd say, uh, uh, for a lot of people, even those who were willingly involved in, in crime were probably... Starting to to question their career choice at that stage, yeah. even if the money was good, yeah. So he got, he got a six year sentence, but um, he was only I think a couple of weeks into it and was able to <clears throat> organise himself being sent to Limerick Hospital, from where he did a runner and pretty much stayed out of. Uh, uh, that I suppose he avoided the long arm of the law in Ireland then for a long time, and until I think it was in in. Uh, in February twenty twenty one, we hear of him again when he gets arrested in Belfast with one point eight million sterling worth of cocaine. Mm. So that was he had a good run, I guess. And obviously he- certainly.
2: And in all that time, he was presumably, from what we know from the National Crime Agency investigation, because um Terry is one of four people that have been sentenced to more than fifty-three years in prison in the UK in relation to this. This was a grouping, a gang. Um, a transport facilitator for drugs gangs that were identified on these EncroChat phones that hack in 2020 around the April to the June period of time which has netted thousands of criminals in the UK and in other jurisdictions. But basically all the criminals were using these particular phones, Anchor chat phones. They didn't realise, but the French police had worked out how to crack into the system and were listening live and they were feeding all the jurisdictions, including Ireland and the UK and the Netherlands with live information about what was going on. Um, And Terry's network was sort of seen as bringing drugs in through. They were collecting the drugs, I think were they in Rotterdam, uh, driving them across Europe and then across to the UK and onwards to Ireland. particularly he had connections with some of the Limerick gangs he, he, it seems
0: he had connections with all sorts of people, but definitely with with uh, the Limerick gangs as well. I mean like like our sources were suggesting that you know he, he was directly linked in with members of the McCarthys. Um, and we know he, he was based in Wolverhampton, uh, which is near Birmingham, uh, again, where uh, Ed's, Eds McCarthy had been based uh, for quite some time and had forged links with Bomber Kavanaugh, and something you've written about. Mm. Um, and it and kind of a very much much pushed the, the kind of the, the McCarthy's backup, I suppose, the pecking order in the criminal underworld. Um, you know, since I suppose, you know, the the horrible violent feud that went on that kind of dispersed members of the gang and you had certain members turning on each other and all the rest. But uh, Eds McCarthy had managed to stay out of that um, and, and has pretty much re-emerged as a significant player. And w- without a doubt, um, Anthony Terry would have had direct dealings with him. Now, he, he was described by the, the NCA as the kingpin um, mm. of this logistics operation. Um, and then they used as far as i know they kind of had their own surveillance operation on them after coming on the radar thanks to the EncroChat chat um, hack um and and then that information then was used i think to look into their into their activities thereafter um and there was one particular uh, journey it, it it caught my eye in in a sense that it kind of shows you the direct link. So you had one of the drivers; he was directing. There was two, two in particular that he he was directing to go and collect uh, consignments. And one of them, like, was uh, I think it was uh, a several hundred thousand euro worth of cocaine, and he was picking it up from the hook of Holland, which is directly across from Rotterdam. Mm. So, which is, as we know, is a major kind of point now for the international drug gangs and the likes of the Kingang Cartel to ship their their stuff into. Um, <clears throat> and he drove it back back through England. Um, Uh, went through Belfast. Uh, One driver then, you know, uh, left off something like 5.5 kilos in Wicklow and then those other deliveries to Limerick. Mm. So you have a direct link from Rotterdam on a truck going straight straight into the, the market in 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 Limerick or, or or wherever in Wicklow, presumably South County Dublin yeah. from, from there on. So, it, and we know that, you know, Rotterdam, the stuff is coming from, you know, the likes of Peru and directly from the Colombian gang. So, you know, it, it's, it's it's even less than the usual six degrees of separation. It just shows you how tight the supply lines are. And again, how valuable like people like Anthony Terry and as you mentioned, Thomas
2: Marr. Like because the, 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 they're not only transporting drugs, they're transporting cash. They're transporting, obviously there's no evidence that Anthony Terry is transporting people, but, you know, in other instances, people are seen as a commodity as well, the human trafficking. Those same transport networks are moving everything, cash out, drugs in. Now the NCA identified a Michael Collis, who was 63, who was acting as a driver for for Terry. He was picking up the drugs in, in the Netherlands. There was two other drivers, Josh Pal Singh, Kothiria from Wolverhampton and Mohammed Omar Khan from Birmingham who the NCA say were used to, to supply the drugs to customers in the UK or export them to the Republic of Ireland. They were using these encrypted messaging services we know and it was Terry who was instructing them to travel basically to the Netherlands where to pick up the drugs where to pick up the cash and how to sort of bring them in where to deliver them. So that's why he's seen as the kingpin. He's the director of operations for the for the grouping. Um, there is some suggestion, certainly from the wording of the NCA, that he's smuggling drugs and cash for others, but that he may also be sort of smuggling his own stuff at the same time. Um, the wording of the, certainly of their, their release suggests that, although the, I think the evidence they gave to the courts and, and he, of course, Terry pleaded guilty uh, to this. So, we have just their statements to run on, but that um, they were taking orders for where to pick up and where to deliver. Yeah. For, for. It's very much the logistics. I mean, like one of them
0: that came out in court, Collis picked up 18 kilos of cocaine in the Netherlands and 10K was delivered to de- dealers in the UK and eight went on to Ireland. So, yeah. I mean, it's very much dropping stuff here and there. I mean, like you had um, one of the other guys, kothira was sent to East London to collect 10 kilos of cannabis and a vacuum packing machine, which were brought back to the Midlands. And the drugs then were packed there before being taken to County Leitrim. So it kind of shows you a whole business network, just like Lidl or Aldi or Tesco, like are getting their ice creams and their yogurts to to their outlets. These guys are getting
2: the cannabis and the cocaine out to the buyers. And interestingly is the transport routes they're using, because we can see from the evidence, the NCA obviously picked up this, the existence of this gang and the EncroChat um, hack and proceeded to launch their own investigation into them. So they had them under surveillance, and Terry himself was in Wolverhampton the day the drugs were found in Belfast, and he was picked up there. Um, it was his driver that was caught with it, basically in the in the back of the the, the vehicle, but. They are using the ferry network across Europe, the roads network, and in particular to come into the south of Ireland, they're using that open border from Belfast. So they're they're not actually coming into rosslare they're coming in through Belfast. Belfast Port is, I think, a big uh, problem.
0: I, I think they're using any. Yeah. Um, any, any route. I mean, uh, I think in in uh, this year, the, the number of seizures in Ross have actually gone up quite significantly. Like there's been three fairly big cocaine seizures. So, I mean, I think all ports have been used. Um, mm. and, and I suppose Ross has changed because of Brexit. I mean, it used to be very much kind of the holidaymakers. There wasn't too much cargo traffic because it was just cheaper to go through the UK. Now with Brexit, there's a, a much bigger delay. So it's become economically viable to start sending trucks you know uh, uh through through raslair to the french ports and i th- i think there's there's five times as much traffic on the routes now as there was they're expanding the europort in raslair and mm. with that is going to it's going to come the drugs i mean it, it, it like we we've seen it um we've been kind of uh, keeping up to it a little bit on on the sundayworld.com in terms of you know when there's big seizures uh, you know in the middle of the atlantic or in spain or or rotterdam we we write them up and you know and it's there and when you're following it, you're kind of going, there really is an enormous wave. Like, off the top of my head, like, there's been tons and tons of cocaine seized that mm-hmm. is coming from South America to the European market, of which, you know, a certain amount is going to be coming to Ireland, you know, a certain amount of which the money being made from it is going to go to the mm-hmm. like, Canadian cartel or, you know, mm-hmm. people who were linked to them or still working for them or who've set up, you know, on their own or have their own franchise within whatever setup they're using. I, I mean, it's just... Uh, you know, and and what these guys like, like Anthony Terry do, and and Thomas Maher, as you mentioned, are you know a key part of that you know pipeline. They're, I mean, the, the, it's kind of the nuts and bolts. It's where kind of reality meets kind of you know wish fulfillment or whatever to use kind of some of the the online stuff. And I mean, and and you talked about you know the people trafficking. That was how Thomas Marr came onto the the yeah. the the, the, um, the radar that time in 2019 when 39 Vietnamese people trying to. Um, to to gain entry into the UK died on a, on a trailer that we know now was driven by a Northern Irish truck driver and Thomas Marr came up in the investigations that he was never prosecuted in in that but it put him up very much mm. like it put a target on his back and there was another one of his drivers also from Offley, I think who had been arrested in in Wales and got a, got a long stretch as well. So I mean, like like Mara is 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 you know he,
2: he's doing what fourteen years mm-hmm. for 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 his part now, and there's a proceeds of crime case against him as well. He was originally from Offaly and moved to England with his wife. Was living as you know. Look, he was living a really good lifestyle with her. Um, you know, he would have told the neighbours that he was working hard transporting ordinary goods. But in actual fact, of course, he was taking a cut every time he provided a driver for a criminal organisation to transport whatever it was, cigarettes, alcohol, uh, drugs or human beings. Um, and he's been hit with a bill for what looks like about €750,000 uh, in, he'll either have to sell up the house or whatever they're going to do to come up with that money. If they don't come up with that money in the UK, what they do is they give them extra time in prison. So you can get anything up to 10 years extra in prison if he doesn't pay up that bill. Um, it's interesting you mention about, you know, you're sitting on the, the desk there on sundayworld.com and you're looking at the amount of stuff going on. Um, a small snapshot at the beginning of January. Um you know, I mean, you're we talking literally about a week, maybe at the beginning of January. I just took a note of a couple of things that were going on and there was 500 kilos of cocaine seized in Spain. There was an aircraft found in Portugal with cocaine hidden on it. There was reports that there are stockpiles of cocaine being kept in Africa in case there's bigger seizures like the likes of the MV Matthew, the Two Ton, whatever it is, that they can keep the Europe flooded with cocaine and keep them uh, you know keep the price fixed because cocaine is cheap and yeah. they want to keep it cheap so the middle class users basically can continue affording it and don't think twice about putting their hands in their pocket to buy it um there was ca- the capture obviously of the uh the Hater Quera in in Colombia they were supplying 5 tons of drugs per month to Europe so the capture the head of that Um, there was a synthetic drug lab found in Valencia which was dismantled and it was churning out 35 kilos of MDMA a week. And there was that uh, just before Christmas there was the 10 million cocaine haul in Northern Ireland which seems small compared to the other stuff. But when you consider the population that's furnishing in the north of Ireland like that's a lot of cocaine. Now that's just literally was just a very small snapshot of the beginning of January. Of course you have Ecuador, which is now in turmoil, in absolute
0: civil war, practically after Vito escaped and they've called a a national emergency and there was live TV hosts where guns put to their head and it's crazy stuff. Absolutely. And and Ecuador would have been seen as as a, a safe state. And I think a lot of some Americans even, you know, would have seen it as a place to go and retire and you can, you know, live cheaply there. Um, so I mean that's just turned it on its head, but it, it does show you like the fear, and I mean we we said it before, and uh, like you know the 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 power of corruption of the narco money of the cocaine money is is not something to be taken lightly. Mm. And, I mean and like we know that they're constantly targeting um, officials in ports, in in police and various agencies, and whether it's customs or you know people who have access to information, like it's all extremely valuable, and, yeah. and it's hard to. It's hard to say no to that kind of money, and they have so much of it. Like it's, you know, it's a it's a drop in the ocean. I mean, even just talking about like we're yeah. seeing, all the, all the, like there was ninety four kilos today in Rotterdam. This is Thursday, by the way, mm-hmm. whatever day you're listening to this. Um, and earlier in the week, then on the seventh, there was six hundred kilos in Rotterdam. So that's just Rotterdam. So yeah. I mean,
2: that's and that's just you know, what they get.
0: Yeah, and th- this is on the website from from the um, the.
2: Which cocaine are people taking? Like, I mean, it, it does make you wonder, but I mean, it, it? yeah,
0: but it is. I suppose it is the main point of entry. Is is you know the European ports: Antwerp, Rotterdam, yeah, uh, Valencia, um, and and I'm sure they're going to be moving to other more secondary ports. Like you know, they'll be looking at ways. You know, if, if
2: the police, of course, I mean, if you look at Ireland, I mean, Bel- you know, deep sea ports where there's where anything is is coming in. You know, Belfast is a deep sea port. I think, and I yeah, think there's be- there's products coming there directly from Colombia. So that's a high risk.
0: Yeah, I, I think any, anywhere. I mean, I would imagine that if you're a, an international drug dealer, you're going to smuggle to a port where you can control the consignment or at mm. least have a chance of controlling it to some extent. So you you know when it arrives, you know where it is. Yeah, you're not and, leaving and, it to and, chance. And you're able to get in. I mean, like reading the stuff about some of the, the so-called pickers in Rotterdam, you were over there, you, you spoke to some people. And I mean, you, you know, they're among the highest paid people now in in the system there that they, they're they specialists that they go into the the, the port area and break into the, um, the the maritime containers, contain the cocaine and extract it and get it out. And, you know, they're getting, you know, they're getting, you know, very well paid mm-hmm. for, I suppose, the, the riskiest part of the job.
2: It's like I don't ever claim to understand economics at all, but how much legitimate money is flowing into the illegitimate economy at this stage. Oh, that must be, I mean, what is it? 8% of people have used cocaine. Um, well, the, the, like a third of the European cocaine market, they said was 10 billion So 30 billion mm. a year. Yeah. It's
0: yeah? significant <laughs> to say the least. Yeah. I mean, it, it puts it up there with, I, I don't know, oil or something, you know, it's, it's, it's a, it's a key, it's a key economic factor. I mean, this, I mean, there's people, you know, they're out there, you know, working so they can go out at the weekends and buy a couple of beers. I'm sure there's plenty of people working hard and doing extra work so they can buy more cocaine because Mm. it attracts the ladies
2: or attracts the men or whatever it is they're after or, um, uh, uh, you know. I think there's a bit of it that's probably about lack of confidence. With people, do you know what I mean? I think, a yeah, l- but there's a lot something people...
0: innate about human nature about getting mm-hmm. off your head. Yeah, oh yeah, <laughs> like, there know, and, there's no doubt about and, it. And and that's the thing about like you know the war on drug strategy, you know, from the 1980s or you know from further back from the 1960s US, which was imported into Europe, doesn't really work, you know, because it 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 it, it
2: Ignores the fact Ignores that people a, like to escape. People love drugs, yeah, and that's that's the important, yeah. you
0: know. And some people, you know, like it too much, and it does incredible harm to them. Like I'm certainly not advocating go out and get stoned or get high or whatever. But like, I mean, it's 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 a it's a fact of life. Yeah, I, I mean, it's just a
2: flood at the minute. And but life it, is very pressurized, and I think people like to be able to find a way to just have a complete. Blowout. Yeah, well,
0: I, and, I suppose, and I suppose the upside of that is that you see all these gyms, and yeah. you know, and and like, I mean, people in in Ireland are very sporty, and we do exercise a lot. I think compared to other people, do so we? it's the other side. Yeah, <laughs> it's the other side of the coin. Like, we're, yeah. we're sports mad in this country, but not everyone's into sports either. Yes, but we are very much fitness crazy in this country. But then you hear about people using drugs so they can get fit, or like you yeah, know, or yeah, be their yeah. personal best, like you know, and so they can be the fastest guy to do the, the lap around whatever local, you know. Ring uh, that where people set up times on their bikes and there's people using performance enhancing drugs so they can be the fastest 48-year-old to do the, yeah. the lap around the
2: cora or whatever. Like, you know. Um, the courts are certainly taking the likes of uh, Anthony Terry and the logistics guys, the guys who probably aren't, you know, killing people, but they're taking them very seriously. He's after getting an enormous prison sentence and... Um, now, he got 18 years for the, the seizure
0: in Belfast. And then in December, he got 25 years then for the conspiracy, um, which was directing the other guys. Which is all the other stuff. Yeah, So, and, but it's running concurrently. So he went from an 18-year sentence to a 25-year sentence. Right, okay. <clears throat> so so it was a double a double whammy, I suppose, in that sense. But uh, I mean, if, I, I don't know, would you get... I, I mean, it's, it's I suppose there have been sentences nearly that high in Ireland, 20, 25 years, for directing kind of drug smuggling operations. But I suppose what judges do, like if if you go into court, um, you know, and you're facing charges with having a couple of kilos of cocaine, and you say, "Well, look, I was forced into carrying it. I've, I've you know, I suffer from drug addiction." And the guard, you know, the guard of witness kind of says, "Yeah, we found no evidence of any, of any kind of high life, or this person wasn't making money, and we believe them that they were storing the, you know, because they were trying to pay off their own drug debt, and were getting a thousand euro to carry out this run." Whereas the likes of Anthony Terry and Thomas Marr where people masquerading, I suppose, as legitimate businessmen who had a luxury lifestyle mm-hmm. and were in it for the money. Uh, and, you know, so, I mean, at the very least, they're ripping off the state by running an illicit business. They're not paying any tax. But then there's all the harm that can be done by, you know, putting, you know, un- unchecked product onto the market and, yeah, you know, and people with their own cocaine addiction. So I think that's why I think judges take a, a firm view on people who are cold and calculated yeah. in their crimes. I mean, I mean it shows intent. I mean, you know, that's the difference between murder and manslaughter is intent.
2: And a simple Google of Anthony Terry, you know, if you were the judge handing down a sentence, you could see that in 2006 in Limerick, and I'm taking this from the uh, the, the Irish Examiner, a story by Jimmy Wolfe, their Midwest correspondent there who was in court at the time. Um he was talking about a, a an inaugural meeting of the Limerick City Joint Policing Committee who was told that drug gangs were basically owning people in the, in the city as young as 15 over unpaid debts. And at the same time, Terry appears in court. He's aged 32 at the time and he's admitting possession of 10 kilograms of cannabis worth the 40,000 that you were talking about. And in his defence, he says that he had a debt of 6,000 euro which he borrowed to buy a van and this had been sold on to a drug dealer by his original Lender. Because of delays in making repayments, the debt spiraled to 15,000 euro, he said. The drug dealer threatened to rape the taxi man's wife and 13 year old daughter if he did not come up with the money. Now, that we will accept that the judge accepted that uh, in the court at the time. But what's going on now, you know, all these years later and has he learned his lesson from this, you know, getting muddled up in this in the first place in 2006 and having to put that before the court that his family were under threat because he was involved, you know, he was under under duress basically involved in in this drug dealing and transporting drugs. But he goes on to make quite a career for himself in exactly that. Yeah, you know, and,
0: and he certainly doesn't appear to be the man under duress in this case. It's, no. it's quite the opposite as, you know, Walter Height's. Yeah. Line in Breaking Bad, I'm the one who knocks. <laughs> like he was the guy who was who was directing the others. So like he he was the leader of this particular operation. Now whether he was, I I don't know. Uh, you know, a contractor working for bigger drug gangs like like the McCarthy Dundons or you know for elements of the the Kinnan cartel, and which it, it certainly seems that's certainly kind of yeah. the way it's it's put across that you know he was. He was the transport service, the, the go-to transport service for both Irish and English gangs that, who wanted to get their drugs from Holland into the UK and Ireland that, you know, you, you, you call this guy. And Thomas Marr was obviously the same. And I'm sure there's others out there as well that we haven't
2: heard of. Well, what we know for a fact is he didn't learn his lesson from 2006 when he got mixed up in that and had his family under threat. He went on to make a big career out of the exact same activities. And certainly, I think if you were a judge looking back at that, you'd be inclined to uh, maybe throw, go... Throw a bit more of the book at him. a bit more of the book at him, <laughs> yeah. yeah. But even So uh, beware of Google,
0: everybody. Well, it, it maybe that's the reason why he was um, uh, in a hurry to finish his sentence early because there was too much money to be made and he wasn't going to spend at least four years knocking around in Limerick Prison when he could be out there earning big bucks.
2: Yeah, and, you know, locating in the UK as well shows that kind of, the serious, in the same way as Thomas Meyer did, it shows that kind of serious uh, ambition to be in the right place because you've obviously got all of the UK uh, to cover and then you can very easily slip into Ireland, certainly through the north. Okay, so... Thanks for that, Eamon. It was a pleasure, Nicola. Thank you. All. You've been listening to Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com, produced by Ian Mullaney and edited by me, Nicola Talent. Research assistant is Clodamini. If you like this show and love true crime, leave us a review. Or why not download the free sundayworld.com app for lots more stories from Ireland and across the globe.